Good morning. This is a new setup. All right, I'm going to do my best here. I get nervous touching microphones. All right, welcome to the First Universalist Unitarian Church. My name is Amy Place, and I'm a member of this congregation. I want to extend a special welcome to any visitors joining us this morning. Since 1858, UU has served as a vital voice for liberal religion in central Wisconsin. We are an intentionally free society that welcomes all people, just as you are, regardless of age, sexual orientation, ethnicity, or economic situation. Whether you are a fan of the Super Bowl, the Taylor Bowl, the Puppy Bowl, or just the commercials, you are welcome here. Between Sundays, we'd love to have you at one of our classes or events, so be sure to subscribe to the church's newsletter and follow us on Facebook or Instagram for updates. I have a few announcements I want to draw your attention to. So, not only is it the Lunar New Year, Mardi Gras, Valentine's Day, but also it's Pastor Brian's birthday yesterday. He turned the big four oh. <laughs> Please join us for a glorified coffee hour after the service today to help celebrate the 40th birthday of our own Pastor Brian. We have a blood drive coming up for the American Red Cross on Monday, tomorrow, February 12th, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. When donors come to give blood in February, they'll receive a $20 Amazon.com gift card by email as an added thank you. We will be hosting a donation box. It's already right out by the front doors for 88.5 FM, the family radio network, via the neighbor's place. They are looking for donations of hygiene and cleaning supplies. You can drop donation items off here at the church between February 11th and March 3rd. Um, our soup and nut bread sale is coming up. It's time to search for your best recipes for the annual soup and nut bread sale. Please bring the soup in a glass quart-sized jar and labeled if you wish. If you are unable to bring your soup and or bread on Sunday, February 25th, Please label it and place it in the freezer in the kitchen. Extra jars will be made available in the atrium a week before the sale. Please only bring standard sized loaves of bread, not mini loaves. Soup may be purchased before and after the service. Lastly, if you have any questions about the announcements, you may contact the church office. As we begin our worship together, let's take a moment to extend peace and blessing to one another. Please rise and greet your neighbors.
friends, let us gather our hearts and minds for worship. Please join me in reciting the chalice lighting. Words are printed in your order of worship. We light this chalice for the light of truth, the warmth of love, and the fire of commitment. We light this symbol of our faith as we gather together. Please rise and body your spirit for our opening hymn, We Walk in Love. Music is printed on the blue sheet in your program notes. I'd like to invite everyone to join me in a spirit of prayer and meditation. Prayer starts in your body. And so if you would, if your legs are crossed, go ahead and uncross them. Put your feet flat, firm on the ground. If you're comfortable closing your eyes, now is a good time to close them. Start by taking a deep cleansing breath. And now focus your attention on your jaw. If you have any tension in there, let it out. Then move your attention to your throat. Take a breath in and slow out. Now downwards to your shoulders. 
Take a nice, full, deep breath in, lifting the shoulders up, and slow out. Now move your attention to your stomach. Take a deep, full breath, pushing your stomach all the way out. And exhale. Spirit of life, our light and light of the world, though you shine brighter than brightest day, too many people still live in shadows cast by the brokenness of the world. We pray for children whose voices cry out in hunger and pain from abuse and fear and loneliness from the absence of a parent. We pray for elders who cannot speak, whose words are lost to stroke or disease, whose voices are stilled in solitude or loss. We pray for our neighbors, our neighbors outside on the street, our neighbors here among us. We pray for everyone who lives with heartache and grief and for all who have forgotten how to hope. We pray for a world that is filled with sorrow, that every hurt and anger might be transfigured into joy. Now, dear friends, let us call to mind the joys and sorrows in our lives and let us meditate on them in silence together now. Amen. Let us stay seated for prayer hymn in the gray book number 18, What Wondrous Love.
memory and of hope, for we are now the keepers of the dream. The mission and ministry of UUWASA is made possible by the generous support of its friends and members. You can place a gift in the basket as it passes by. You can also visit our website, uuwasa.org, to make a one-time or recurring gift with your credit or debit card. Thank you for your support. So the reading I've selected this morning is from Reinhold Niebuhr's <clears throat> journals that he kept. He entitled it uh, Letters from the Notebook of a Tame Cynic. What you all might not know is I went to the same seminary as uh, Reinhold Niebuhr. He was, of course, dead, but his legacy lives on. The first church he was, what he was assigned to was in Detroit, Michigan. And... Um, I've read this to the congregation before because it, captured a little of, it captures a little of my own thoughts uh, about what it's like to be a minister. Hopefully it makes sense. So this is Reinhold uh, reflecting on his first job, uh, some of the first months of being a pastor in Detroit. Here's what he says. He says, there is something ludicrous about a callow young fool like myself standing up to preach a sermon to these good folks. I talk wisely about life and know little about its problems. I tell them of the need for sacrifice, although most of them could tell me something about what that really means. I preached a sermon the other day on the involuntary cross using the text of Simon the Cyrene bearing the cross of Jesus, a good woman, a little bolder than the rest, asked me in going out whether I had borne many crosses at my age. 
I think I know a little more about that than I would be willing to confess to her or to the congregation, but the question was justified. I found it hard the first few months to wear a pulpit gown. Now I'm getting accustomed to it. At first I felt too much like a priest in it, and I abhor priestliness. I've become reconciled to it partly as a simple matter of habit, but I imagine that I am also beginning to like the gown as a kind of a symbol of authority. It gives me the feeling that I'm speaking not altogether in my own name and out of my own experience, but by the authority of the experience of the centuries. Difficult as the pulpit job is, it is easier than the work in the organizations of the congregation. Where on earth did anyone ever learn in seminary how to conduct or help with, I'm gonna insert a few committees here, okay? Where on earth did anyone in seminary learn how to conduct or help with the knitters, or the property club, or the board, or insert whatever you wanna insert? Anyways, I am glad, I, I wish, anyways, this is, this is back to Reinhold. I am glad that mother has come to live with me and will take care from now on of that part of the job. It is easier to speak sagely from the pulpit than to act wisely in the detailed tasks of the parish. A young preacher would be well to be heard way more than he has seen. There it ends our reading this morning.
This morning is our annual Ask the Minister. Our children and youth have been sending in questions over the last few weeks, and despite my insistence that they delve into the deep spiritual question about whether or not cereal is in fact soup, <laughs> the children and youth had some much better ideas. And Mia has graciously offered to grill, I mean kindly ask Brian what's on their mind. Hello, everybody. Um, so I got some questions for you, Brian. I'm ready. Um, gonna get started with this right away saying do you like Legos yes I love Legos how about Minecraft um I've only watched people play it interesting um do you like snowboarding and skiing um so I've I've never snowboarded but one time when I was in Breckenridge Colorado I was skiing and somebody lost their snowboard and it came careening down the mountain and it hit me while I was on my skis oh. so <laughs> I do ski but that's it. Okay. Um, what is your favorite song of all time, rock or pop? My favorite song of all time? Oh, this is very difficult. Mm, I really like the Beatles song of Help, Hide Your Love Away. I would say it's one of my favorite songs. Um, but yeah, we'll stick with that, I think. Hmm. What is your favorite instrument? I have to say the cello because my daughter's here. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite movie? Oh, the best movie ever made is Back to the Future. Everyone knows that. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, directed by Robert Zemeckis. It's the best, it is the best movie ever Sadly, made. Sadly, I've never watched it. You've never watched oh. it? You were depriving your children. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's good. I could maybe go more artsy with my answer, but it would, I would be lying. Like, I, it's just the best. Not including your friends and family, what is your favorite thing on earth? Mm. Starting to get a little more in-depth here. Not including my friends and family? Not including them. Uh, probably cheese, I guess. <laughs> I feel like you're obligated to the answer because you're literally in the dairy state. What does the minister do outside of Sundays? Uh, well, I, I'll just give an example of, the, like, for my job or for my life? For your job. For my job, okay. I just try to hide from the congregants is usually what, <laughs> is usually what I do. Um, I'll just give Very an, difficult task. What's that? Very difficult task because there's so many. It is difficult. Um, I, so, like, I'll just give an example of this week because every week is different, but it's sort of this. I work with a, uh, colleagues here in this church, so I'm part of a staff team, so do that. Uh, this, this past week, I planned or helped plan two funerals. Uh, did some ho I did some home visits. I had some office visits uh, with some congregants. Um, I met with some people from the Grand that I'm collaborating on a project with. Um, I rode on a city bus with the mayor talking about properties in the city that I think are beautiful. Um, it was just, I don't know, it's just, I pray for the congregation a lot. Um, yeah, I think about services. I hope that sounds important, but anyways, that's, um, that's what I do. How early do you have to get up? I could usually get up at like 5.30, 5.45 every day. <laughs> What led you to be a minister? Um, 
I'm bad at pretty much everything ever I've ever tried to do, but ministry is the one thing I'm, I'm somewhat decent at. I would say I felt, a, I, I felt a real call to be a minister and still feel a call to be a minister. So that's, that's, what, led me, um, that's what led me to be a minister, and it's what makes me stay a minister, is the, is the call. If you drop a bar of soap, is the soap dirty or is the floor clean? Well, so now we're getting to the real meat of this interview, I can tell. Well, did any of you ever play the game Raz growing up? Does anybody know the game Raz? Oh, this is disgusting. Anyways, so me and my guy friends in high school, we used to dare each other to take bites of things that were on the ground. Um. Anyways, um, and so one time on the school bus, there was a bar of soap in the back of the bus that had been there for a long time, so it was just like covered in bus, bus stuff. Um, it was like a bar of soap covered in hair and pencil shavings. Anyways, we would then play paper, rock, scissors, and whoever lost paper, rock, scissors would have to take a bite of it. And so I, dare, I razzed the soap. Um, and I won, thank goodness, I won this. So anyways, the, long, the short version of this is I, I think the soap was dirty. Um, yeah, that's what I would say. If the soap is on the ground, the soap is dirty. That's what I would okay. say. Because mainly, I have seen what happens after you touch a piece of soap that's been dropped on the ground. My question is, why was there soap on a bus? I don't know. Boys do strange things after wrestling matches in high school is what I would say. Um, any wrestlers here? Anybody? Anybody remember some strange? Yes. We got one. It... We got two. Yeah, that's. They've It's called hazing. Anyway, sorry. I just. Yes, I participated in hazing as a child. It turns out. Um, yeah. How does the towel get dirty after a shower? If you just got clean, and if if you are using the now dirty towel, aren't you dirty again? <laughs> You can tell this is a thinker. Um, yeah, I think mainly because we're always shedding skin cells. So, like, that's going to be on the towel. And, like, in college, I didn't really clean very much. In a clean, and, like, the towel starts off clean, but then it just gets not clean. So, yeah, I think you are always kind of dirty if you're drying <laughs> off with an old towel. In a um, way. It's all right, though. What if we are all in Area 51, and the Area 51 we are not allowed to go to is the exit, and we are all eventually—we are all actually aliens being experimented on? I've been to Roswell, New Mexico. It's really a nice place, actually. Um, I think this is like the philosophical question: if we're all just brains in a vat. Yeah, that's what I—that's what I think it is. Well, I think if it's the case, we just gotta live it up, I guess, if that's, if that's what it is. I don't have a good answer. I hope that we're, we're all aliens living in a simulation, though. I'm hoping that's true. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I'm, well, One day we should be able to manipulate the simulation. Yes, yes. I don't have a good answer on that one, sorry. I'm not, I don't know. What made the Earth, and when was it made? Okay, I, I looked this up. So, <laughs> so I, there... I was given these in advance, which I didn't prepare for very well at all, but um, uh, where is this at? Yeah, so I also, in full disclosure, I got a C minus in astronomy in college, so this is only going to be 77% at best right. This is the one about the Earth, right? Yep. Okay, so it says here, 
4.6 billion years ago, a mixture of dust and gas around the sun started to congeal. There you have it. Very scientific answer. Yes. Is the earth just a floating rock of, and water, and is the sun just a floating ball of lava? Yes. Very simple answer. <laughs> yes, that's what I would say. What yeah. caused the Big Bang? What caused the Big Bang? Well, okay, I looked this up too. So this is great. So I majored in philosophy, which only gives you permission to annoy people for the rest of your life. So uh, here's the philosopher's answer. If the universe didn't exist, there is no way you can ask cause. Like something has to exist to ask cause. But what the scientists, it's all a guess, no one really knows. This is the point at which scientists don't really have an answer. What they say is all, uh, I read this a book called Brian Green, and what he said is all the matter of the universe existed in something about the size of an atom, and then it started to expand. That's the answer. Aristotle would say there was a first move mover, which nudged existence. Um, yeah, I love, I love this question. When and how was the universe created? What was before the universe? Again, this is a difficult one. Um, you can hear little mutters everywhere. People yeah. wondering what you're gonna say. Right, I, wanna, I think what I would say is, I believe in God, and God exists outside of time. And so uh, I would say God existed before the universe. I'm sure I'll get some hate mail for making that answer to a bunch of Unitarians, but that's what I would say. Uh, what's bigger than the universe? Your imagination. Hmm. Very good answer. What made humans, dinosaurs, meteors, and animals? Well, again, all of the matter, almost all the matter in people and in animals existed uh, whenever the universe was created. And so hmm. we're all just rotting star stuff, I think, is what we are. Which Taylor Swift song best represents UU values and why? Okay, I spent the most time researching for this sermon <laughs> on, this, on this question. Let me, let me go to my only notes I took for this. Okay, so I love Taylor Swift. I think she is brilliant. Um, I, I quite like her boyfriend um, as well. Uh, so the, I would say there are two. I would say um, you're losing me. Uh, is one, and then I would also say anti-hero. Ah, uh, um, I know that one. And what I would say about Taylor Swift's music that I think is really particularly UU is that um, love in her songs is always particular. Um, it's about a particular person. It's about her particular love. Um, it's about her particular loss. And I think that that's something that Unitarian Universalism does well, is it makes, it makes what we believe in particular. Um, uh, and she's wrestling with um, a sense of uh, an inflated ego. Uh, Unitarians, uh, forgive me, you all have ego problems, and you should listen to <laughs> Taylor's music. And this is, this is good, yeah. I, I, could, I think I could probably add more. I listened to Taylor Swift on my walk this morning, actually. It was, I highly recommend it. While I'm flipping these, uh, what do you think about the new album coming out? I think it's good. I love the controversy about the apostrophe also. Like, should it, does anybody else know the apostrophe controversy? Okay, anyways, I think this is, this is great. I can't wait to listen to it. I absolutely will listen to it.
Which Taylor Swift song would you like to turn into a sermon? Well, I've turned two of her songs into a sermon. I preached, um, I preached on Antihero uh, before, and then um, I also jotted this down. Oh yeah, I preached on The Best Day on Christmas Eve. Um, yeah, I've preached on her songs, and will continue to, as long as I'm preaching. <laughs> what is your UU elevator speech? My UU elevator speech? I wrote this one down as well. This is the best one. A, I think we have too many syllables in our name. Um, I think it's a branding problem. Unitarian universalism. It's just bad. It's, it's bad. No branding person would come up with this. But here's my elevator speech. It's uh, three sentences. Unitarian universalism is a branch of Protestantism rooted in Christian teaching with an imagination shaped by Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, with formal expression going back to the church fathers like Origen, the first council of Nicaea, with churches dating to the year 1000 AD throughout Romania and Hungary, schools in India and the Philippines, and roots in America, going back to the first Puritans who believed that the primary principle of religion must be freedom, freedom to doubt, to question, to lead themselves, and preserve the best of tradition in the face of an ever-changing world with ultimate faith and a God bigger than us, smarter than us, more forgiving than us, and eternal, unlike us. Ding! <laughs> that's, a, that's what I would do. How do you talk about UUism so people don't think it's a, it is a cult? Well, this is a real question, uh, whether you, Unitarian Universalism is a cult. Just have them come to church and shadow me for one hour and see how many people actually listen to me, and then you will know... <laughs> how much of a cult Unitarian Universalism. Yeah, um, several people have actually asked me if okay. I'm a part the, of a The cult. hallmark of a cult is someone is followed and listened to. Um, Why do we die? Well, I think because our cells get tired and worn out. Um, I, think, I think that we die because everything comes to an end. It's the way of things. Um, I remember Margaret Fuller, she had kept this journal she was a, when she worked in the Civil War, and she said that there was something like after seven or so minutes after people would be dead that she would look upon these soldiers, and what she said was that they would just take on such an air of peace. And what it said to her was there is something in us that needs to rest. And I think that that's as true as, as, true as can possibly be. Um, and that we, it's, it's, a, it's a rest. Um, and, you know, uh, everything has limits. Um, how much fun you can have, uh, I think that's part of it. Um, which leads us into our next question. What happens after life? Is it A, is it lying in a box for infinity? Is it reincarnation? Or heaven, is it real? Uh, so, so is it lying in a box for infinity? Well, decomposition has something to say about infinity. Um, yes, I believe in heaven. Um, I, oh, I actually thought about this. I, one of my favorite books ever written is called Gilead by Marilyn Robinson, who in my not so humble opinion is the best uh, author in the English language alive today. And the book is about uh, a minister who's dying and he's writing these, these remembrances to his son. He's just become a father very late in his life, and he has a heart condition. And one of his very good friends is another minister, and they talk about these questions a lot. And his friend, his name is Boten, 
and John Ames is the main character. And this is Boaten's imagination of heaven. And mind you that both of these men lived tragic lives. They both lost children. Um, in John Ames' uh, example, he lost his first wife. And so these are people who've lived with the fullest magnitude of life. And I love this description of heaven, uh, which is John Ames remembering what his friend Boughton said. Uh, and this is, this is John Ames talking about his friend. He says, Boughton says he has more ideas about heaven every day. He said, mainly I just think about the splendors of the world and multiply it by two. I'd multiply it by 10 or 12 if I had the energy, but two is much more than sufficient for my purposes. So he's just sitting there multiplying the feel of the wind by two, multiplying the smell of grass by two. I remember that when we put that old wagon on the courthouse roof, he said, seems to me the stars were brighter in those days, twice as bright. So I think that I, I, I believe in heaven, uh, Norbert Chopik, who's a famous Unitarian Universalist who created the Flower Communion that we celebrate every spring, one of his wonderful enduring quotes um, goes something like this, that without heaven, uh, life would be cruel. And I think, I think that's true for a lot of people in the world. Um, so I absolutely believe in heaven. Our ideas are the meaning of life, are, are give, give love and be loved, and to find joy, fun, and silliness where you can. What is yours? What are, what are, was my philosophy of life? Your ideas. My ideas? Of the meaning so can of I life. have more than one or just one? I, I assume ideas means plural, so. I can have more than one? Yeah. Is permitted? Okay. Um, first things first, marry up. This is good. Marry up. Um, uh, let's see, some other things that I think are important to do. Um, uh, yeah, I think, I think that's good. I think try to have fun is something that I think about. I think that you should give as much money, I think you should give money away if you have money. I live by that. Um, I think you should uh, give your primary responsibility to the main people in your life, your, your family and your friends. Um, and I would say most of all, for me, my philosophy of life is that you should believe in something bigger than you and you should dedicate your life to it. Um, that's been important to me. Um, now that I'm 40 and wise, I have a few more that I'll add on. Uh, you should get good sleep at least eight hours every night. I firmly believe this. Um, let's see. Um, you should do things in moderation, and um, you should root for the St. Louis Cardinals, always. Those are my, those are my, sorry, Theron. <laughs> those, are, um, those are my, uh, those are my um, rules for living. That's it. And the final burning question on every single person's mind, what do you look like without facial hair? Well, I have picture. I brought, gave pictures so you can see what I look I cannot like. see, so I'm going to go down here real quick. These. <laughs> That's it? Okay. Yeah. I look like that. I didn't. There's. The, yeah. So we picked a few pictures out. One's, I'm like my daughter's age. 
One, I'm a cowboy, I think, right? When I'm in my 20s, yeah, so there's lots of them. Uh, this beard gives me strength. I'm like Samson, so I can't cut it. Uh, that's <laughs> just all there is to it. <laughs> and that is all the questions we have. So, yeah. We're good? Great. Well, thanks for participating. Thanks for these questions. This was great. Thank you. Thank you for answering the questions. What's that? Thank you for answering the questions. Oh, yeah. I loved answering these questions. All right. Well, with no more questions, let's rise and sing our closing hymn in the gray book, number 131, Love Will Guide Us. receive this blessing, I invite you to reach out, take the hand of someone nearby. If you're here alone, you can reach out with your heart. May the truth that sets us free and the hope that never dies and the love that casts out fear lead us forward together until the day spring breaks and all shadows flee away. Please have a seat, relax, enjoy the postlude. <laughs>